What's up, guys? Welcome to the 23rd episode of BNG in the Morning. On this episode, we have a quick MLB news roundup. We move into some NFL news with Aaron Donald possibly not retiring, as well as Aaron Rodgers still not making a decision yet, and a few other NFL news stories. And we move on to NBA. Anthony Davis' regular season might be over. He may not be back until the playoffs. Zion got ripped by J.J. Redick. And also, New York City might be releasing their mask mandate for indoors. guys welcome into another episode of bng in the morning this is the first time since before wrestling season that gavin and i are able to record in person gavin how's it feel to be back feels amazing man yeah. excited to make some more content for you guys yeah i agree uh we're gonna do a quick mlb news roundup it is we're recording this on february 26th on a saturday i think this is the first time we've recorded on saturday and there's still no agreement between the players and the owners on a new cba they need to make a deal by Monday or else they're going to miss some regular season games. The league is not going to reschedule those games. So it's kind of in jeopardy of a 162-game season happening. But um, so, I mean, we're probably not going to have an on-time start. They keep pushing back spring training. And unless they make some great ground in these next two days, which they haven't been doing, we're going to miss out on games. In some free agency news, with no deals can be signed yet, but there are rumors, and some rumors that are happening with the Braves and Freddie Freeman specifically is that there's a growing belief that Freddie Freeman will not be on the Braves next season. He will now. What team he goes to is still up for debate, but there are some teams that there are a lot of teams that would take him. I'm sure he's a great first baseman. He was a vital part of the Braves and their World Series runs and their success. So seeing him in another uniform would be kind of weird, but I mean, obviously, another can be signed, so he may re-sign, but we'll just see once free agency hits, once we can actually make deals. Also, in some Yankees news, Aaron Judge does want an extension to stay in New York, but he did say he would have good memories if they didn't extend him, which makes it seem like he would have peace about moving to another team. He doesn't want to, but if he does, hey, he'll accept it. Personally, in my opinion, I, I want to extend Judge. He's a three-time All-Star, and his hitting aside, his hitting problems aside, he is a very underrated fielder, in my opinion, and as long as he doesn't want to be overpaid, I want him to stay in New York. But regardless, that is our MLB News Roundup. Hopefully soon we'll be able to actually talk about some games, but we'll see if that happens because the owners and the players are very far apart and are making little progress. But in football news, Aaron Donald told Sean McVay that if they brought everyone back, he would not retire. Gavin, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, personally, Aaron Donald, obviously one of the best defensive players in the game. But, I mean, that is that is a huge, huge thing for the Rams to do. I mean, it, it, it could get complicated. And you're doing all this for one guy. Um, obviously, he's a difference maker, but it, it could get complicated with some contracts. Yeah, I think it gives the players on the Rams a lot more leverage. They can – Get to try and squeeze as much money out on the Rams as they can because Rams are going to want to keep Donald. And especially if it's a guy like Odell who may not be getting as much money with his injury, he could try and get a bigger deal just out of that right there. Like, hey, if you want to keep Donald, you're going to have to sign, resign yep. me. Now, I mean, we didn't get to talk about it last week because it was just me, but um, what are your thoughts on Aaron Donald and where he ranks all time as a defensive player? 
I mean, obviously he's up there. I personally, I don't think he's the best defensive player in the game right now. Um, TJ Watt is yeah. a, a lot better than he is personally. Um, but all time, he he's definitely up there. Um, I don't think, I think he's probably top ten all time. Yeah, definitely. definitely. People were quick to crown him as the best defensive player because just getting that ring. <laughs> elevates you i mean we it does it does we saw it with stafford they were trying people are saying he's a hall of famer because he got that ring now it's a he's a lock to be in the hall of fame and that's a high debate right now but i don't know it's hard to say because you didn't see we didn't see guys like lawrence taylor play exactly you got you see i mean he i mean his stats are there but the stats don't always tell you the whole story i think donald is probably just in terms of physically dominant probably top three but Everything you hear about Lawrence Taylor, man, it seems like he is just as good and just as dominant as Donald, if not more. But that's our thoughts on that. Pat McAfee, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers goes on there every Tuesday to talk. And 130,000 people tuned in to the one last Tuesday to hear what Rodgers had to say. And basically what he said was, I don't have anything to say right now about where he's going to a different or what team he's going to. He has not made a decision yet, but Rodgers is very good about he really knows how to get people talking. Um, honestly, the Packers are in a tough situation with the cap. They're one of the teams that don't have very much cap. They're trying to bring back Devontae Adams, and they do have Rodgers for another year, so they'll have to work out a trade if Rodgers decides he wants to leave. But the whole Devontae Adams thing could be a problem for Green Bay because if they don't keep both, I don't think they keep either. I think if Rodgers leaves, I think Adam Adams wants to leave. And I think if Adams leaves, I think Rodgers is gone too. Um, I, go ahead. I completely agree. I mean, we saw it um, before the season when Aaron Rodgers posted the last dance um, on his story and tagged Devontae Adams. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has all the leverage in this situation. I mean, yeah. if he wants to leave, they're going to they're gonna go ahead and trade him. Um, if he doesn't want to leave, then that opens up the door for Adams to stay. And I, I mean, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have commented on it, obviously, because, I mean, he he wants to keep the people guessing. Yeah. I mean, that's just who he is. He wants the attention on him, which I mean, I get it. Um, I think we'll we'll find out. Honestly, I think we'll find out from him. I don't think yeah. I think he'll. I mean, he won't even Schefter won't get it. I think Aaron Rodgers will announce it himself. Yeah. And- he did say the decision is going to be a quick one, so we could expect that at any time, really. Um, as for what team he goes to, the Steelers have been tied to him. The Broncos have been tied to him. Personally, I think Rodgers, his best chance to win a Super Bowl is by staying in the NFC. I know that if there's if there's teams that are a quarterback away from being really, really good, it's the Steelers and the Broncos. But – I mean, look at the AFC. I mean, it's got Mahomes, if you, especially if he goes to the AFC West. He's yeah, going to play it, Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr six times a year. Yeah. And then see definitely Mahomes, maybe maybe Carr or Herbert in the playoffs, maybe both of them. And, I mean, that, that Broncos team will be extremely scary, but, I mean, it's just one game. Yeah. So, I think his best chance for a Super Bowl at this point is to either stay with the Packers or maybe go to a team like San Fran. I mean, there's been rumors that he might go there because he wanted to go there when he was drafted by him. Yeah. Um, obviously, it did come out that Jimmy G might not get traded. Yeah. They might go ahead and keep him. Um, so, that makes that interesting. I think, um, 
I mean, any division that he goes in, we name those two teams, the Broncos and the Steelers. Those are probably the two strongest conferences or divisions in all of football right now. Those are the top two. Um, And so he goes to the Steelers. You play the Ravens twice a year. You play the the Browns twice a year. You play the reigning Super Bowl. um, AFC champs. Yeah. Yeah. And so – and then if you, like you said, you go to the AFC West, you're going to play yeah, the dude. Chiefs, you're going to play the Chargers, and um, the Raiders. Yeah. So, I mean, I've also seen um, him get tied to the Dolphins, which yeah. I could see that could be a great landing destination for him, but that's still not a Super Bowl contending team. No, I, that defense is pretty good, but I, I don't know about the – Playoff experience of them, exactly. Especially in football, experience alone comes in a long way. I know the Bengals; they kind of got there without much experience, but the Bengals kind of caught lighting in a bottle. But in some Chiefs news, this is really the only news that we we've had from the week, other than the enemy staying and then bringing back Matt Nagy as a senior assistant. They released Anthony Hitchens. This was a fairly expected move. I think most Chiefs fans expected Hitchens to. To be gone. Um, they have two great linebackers on rookie deals, and this frees up $8 million in cap space, and I expect more moves to come. Next week we will cover – Gavin will do the Steelers, I'll do the Chiefs, about what we hope an offseason plan for our teams would look like. But we could see more moves from the Chiefs in free agency. Matthew might be gone. Frank Clark might be gone. They have a lot of free agents that probably are just not even going to get deals uh, with the Chiefs. But moving on – NFL and XFL have now partnered, and it seems as though the XFL will now be the test site for the NFL with the XFL now experimenting with rules the NFL may implement. Officials starting off in the XFL to develop into NFL referees and various playing surfaces and equipment also being used. Gavin, what are your thoughts on that? This is a great move. This is absolutely a great move. You see see how um, the viewers are going to, you know, how they like the rules. You're going to see players, okay, getting to watch this live in-action game. Um, the refs, obviously, we had some absolute mess-ups this year with refs. They're going to help them develop. Um, I think it's a great move. Um, it's, go- it's good for the sport of football. I mean, I think partnering with the NFL is also going to bring a lot of viewership to the XFL. Um, and hopefully we see some of these XFL guys maybe um, getting in the NFL. Yeah, the most, the biggest name I think that has was an XFL name that's in the NFL right now is PJ Walker from the Panthers. He's a quarterback, which he hasn't really been that successful in the in the NFL, but he has had a few solid games. Uh, I think this will benefit the league as a whole. It will benefit the XFL and the NFL. A lot of new rules that the NFL has been thinking about, and now they can have a test site to see how it works. But with that being said, let's move on to some college football, the CFP will remain at four teams for the next four years at least, despite all the talks about expanding. Personally, I do think there is some better ways to do the playoffs, but I'm not super mad that they, that they keep it at four teams. If you remember when they first implemented this, this everyone said this should end all debate about who should be in and out. And honestly, I think unless you really, really just overhaul the whole thing where it's like each conference winner – is in one, which I think could is probably the only solution that would fix this, is that every conference winner plus, like, a top team that didn't win the conference like this year, Georgia would have definitely been in. They didn't win the SEC, but they would have been in. Um, 
I think that no matter how many teams are in it, the team that's just on the outside feels like they could have got in. That's just my opinion, Gavin. What are your thoughts? Uh, they uh, they absolutely dropped the ball on this. Um, you have a chance to put eight teams, honestly, maybe even more, um, into this in, in, into this playoff. You have a chance to make more money. Um, just everything. You have a chance to see maybe some upsets. You have a chance. Like I just think the NCAA and the CFP just completely dropped the ball on this. You know, if you add more teams, you're going to see teams that you haven't seen in there. You're going to have fan bases going crazy because their team made the the college football playoff. And I don't know. It, it would just be a lot more exciting. I think there's teams that aren't in the top four that deserve to be um, obviously in that conversation. There was a lot of Big Ten teams last year that that conference was – Probably the toughest we've seen it in the past five years. They 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 don't get a bid because the SEC is genuinely genuine generally more stronger um, and more competitive. Yeah. And you know if you have a one versus eight, those fan bases are going to travel because they don't they don't make the playoffs all the time. Yeah. And so they're going to go ahead and go to the game. You're going to get more viewers. I, they drop the ball. I think instead of adding just the top eight teams, I think the better solution would be to have the conference winners play and then seed it based on record and strength of schedule and then have, like, a couple teams that that are in based on their record and strength of schedule because obviously the second best SEC team should probably get in nine times out of ten. I mean, probably ten times out of ten even and because it's Alabama. I mean, it's also going to change when – um, I believe it's in three years, maybe two, when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Oklahoma's generally the top of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Now they're probably going to be third or fourth in the SEC. And so we're going to see a strong Oklahoma team not make um, not make the playoffs. And then, I mean, also USC getting that huge recruiting class. They may win the, the Pac-12, but is the Pac-12 – you know, stronger than a third-place SEC team. Yeah. All good points. And with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will get into this week in the NBA. All right, we are back. And to start off the second part of the episode, we're going to talk about Anthony Davis, forward for the Lakers, sometimes center. He is out four or at least four weeks with a midfoot sprain on his right foot. And that could end his regular season. And in my opinion, this kills the Lakers' hopes for a playoff run. I mean, they were, they were already pretty bleak, but he's going to come back in the playoffs. He's going to not be in the flow of the game. It's just – and this injury stuff has been kind of a uh, recurring thing for Davis. And they could find themselves in a playoff situ- – or a playing situation where they have to win and it's just a one-game thing. And they could have one bad game even if Davis does play and they're gone. So I think this this ends this ends all hope the Lakers had for a championship run in my opinion. I mean, the injuries have just riddled the Lakers season. I mean, it's been terrible. And you mentioned the play-in. I just want to – I just want to remember that LeBron was hating on the play-in tournament. Um <laughs> When, when he didn't think he was going to be in it. Um, and so, I mean, this might be the second year in a row the Lakers don't make playoffs. Yeah, it very well could be. Well, they, they made it last year against the Suns, and 
Oh, okay, yeah. But so they this... were they were a five game exit, I believe. I think they won one game. So this could be a potential. I mean, I don't. They know. were in the play. Yeah, this could second, be the second year. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Second year in the second year in the playing tournament with, with a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Davis, Russell Westbrook, is just not. It's just not. It's and and I mean, I predicted this team to mesh, and they did not. We haven't seen good Lakers basketball all season. Yeah, exactly. And Russell Westbrook is, I mean, I respect him for he, – he, you never question his effort level. He always gives it all. But at times he's just not – I mean, he gets benched in fourth quarter sometimes. He just does not play. And there were some, some mentions of trading him away, but I don't think any team really wants him. No. Not a, not they don't want to give away a player that's making the same amount of money as Westbrook because nine times out of ten that player is one of the best. Exactly. There was talks of John Wall for Russell Westbrook, but Wall really isn't any better. I mean, his injury problems are just as bad as Westbrook's problems on the court. Um, and yeah, I mean, perfect example of this team. The game last night. I mean, they when LeBron when LeBron isn't doing it, if Davis is on the court, no one else can. LeBron had a chance with, like, 12 seconds left. There's a one-point game to take the lead, and he gets double-teamed, and he has to give it off. And what does Carmelo Anthony do? He chucks up a shot from four feet behind the three-point line with, like, four seconds left. So, it's just – it's it's ugly for the Lakers. Yeah, this Lakers team looks absolutely terrible. They haven't meshed all, all season, and they're playing terrible basketball. And – I, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. I mean, when you have three All Stars, yeah. I mean, LeBron James. Yeah, there's no reason you should not be at least a top four seed. Exactly. Um, and this, I mean, there's really nowhere for this Lakers team to go. And with the talks that LeBron's going to leave, perhaps, and there was talks he might go back to Cleveland, but that's with that aside. If he leaves, this team, they basically have three players, and LeBron. Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis on big contracts, and everyone else is on a minimum deal, yep. basically. So they can't trade anybody, really. I mean, they could trade one of the younger guys for another young player that makes about the same amount of money. They have no picks either. They gave up a lot of their picks to New Orleans in the Anthony Davis deal, and then also to trade for Russell Westbrook. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing that LeBron haters have latched onto is that – LeBron has basically taken this Lakers team, and he might leave. He very well could leave, and they have no future. Nope. They have they have they have no picks that are valuable. They have no assets that are valuable. So, yeah, it, it, I mean it's terrible. Um, I I think if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, we see LeBron leave after this season, which is which is very sad because he's going to lose a lot of respect because this is the fourth team he's been on. That's. LeBron haters are already waiting for the moment mm-hmm. where, he, if he, especially if he goes back to Cleveland, because he left them when they weren't really that good, yep. and he came back to them again, left them again, and now they're they've got some really good young players. They really want to. He's now he's going to go back now that they're competitive. I that would give LeBron a very bad image, 
worse than he already has because it just looks like he's going where the good teams are. Absolutely. And for the best player of all time, they shouldn't have to go where the good teams are. They shouldn't make the team good, especially in basketball. Absolutely. So, I mean, in basketball, you just really need one good player yep. and you're competitive. One player can't win a championship, but they can get you really close and compete. More than a play-in tournament when you have three, three all-stars. Exactly, exactly. And you can argue that LeBron was like, 95% of why they came back in the 3-1. I know Kawhi hit – or Kyrie hit the the three. Yeah. But, I mean, his numbers were just insane. Moving on from that, though, we're going to move on to C- – or not C.J. McCollum. J.J. Redick absolutely sh- just at tearing Zion Williamson to shreds on first take. Um, Caught him a detached teammate. We're going to go ahead and play the clip of J.J. Redick's conversation and what he said right now. This is this is definitely something. I, actually, this is this is a little bit insane to me. Um, there's a general uh, sort of decor decorum of behavior that you should apply as a teammate. Look, I I wasn't the best player on any team I was on, but if there was a, a buyout possibility, if there was a trade possibility, I would always reach out to team. I, I called Ursan Ilyasova. I called Marco. I called Wes Matthews, trying to get him to come to Philly. Like, this just shows a complete lack of investment in your team, in the organization, in the city. I get that he's hurt and away from the team, but you just traded for one of the 50 best players in the league, a guy that's supposed to be paired with you. Reach out and say hello. This is a pattern of behavior with Zion that we are seeing again and again. And look, I was his teammate. I can describe him as a detached teammate. That, that is a, that is an accurate statement. This is just, this is basic, basic level of humanity being a teammate. Send a text to a guy when he gets traded to your team. That. So, Gavin, what are your thoughts on that statement from J.J. Redick? I think he's absolutely right. Why not reach out to him? I, I predict Zion will be on the, the Pelicans next year. I think if the Pelicans could go back, they would have never drafted him. And that's really sad because this this young man had a bright future. We thought this was going to be the next LeBron. And right now he can't even keep his weight in check. Well, I think Zion still has a, a good future. I just don't think he wants to be in New Orleans. And so he's kind of doing the old James Harden tactic. Saw it with Harden. He forced his way out of yet another team to go to Philly. I think he's just doing what he can to get out of there. And it – I mean, if he doesn't want to play for New Orleans, that's fine. If he wants to play for a big market team, I mean, that's your preference. But come out and say before the draft. Yeah, you, I mean, and because they could trade down, they could trade that pick. Because I'm sure that the Grizzlies, which Memphis isn't really a big market either, so they could find themselves in a different situation. But they drafted Jaw number two, and Jaw's a very good player. But when they came out of college, John was still the player that absolutely was the unanimous number one pick. And Memphis, or maybe a team that maybe is a bigger market, would definitely trade up for the opportunity to have Zion. And I know Zion, he's not with the team. He's hes injured, I guess you would say. He's trying to work on getting back in basketball shape. But he's tanked his trade value. He's put the team in a bad situation because now a team sees that. And they're like, well, I mean, we really want to trade a whole lot for a player that might not even want to be here. Absolutely. So he's taking this trade value, put the Pelicans in a very bad situation. And I don't really get it because this team is, yes, it's a small market team. Some players prefer to play in New York, a Los Angeles, a Miami, whatever. 
this team has Brandon Ingram. Now they have McCollum. They've got Devontae Graham, who's a solid guard, too, who's in his mid-20s, so he has room to grow, too. they got a good young core. But at, at this point, man, you got to look at the front office. I mean, they've had talent there. They had Anthony Davis. They had Lonzo Ball. They had Brandon Ingram. They had, I mean, obviously Zion. I'm, you At some point, you got to look and say, okay, is it the players that are a problem or is it this this franchise as a whole? But, I mean, Zion, you got to communicate, man. You can't go into hiding. I mean, at least reach out to McCollum and say, hey, man, welcome to the team. Can't wait. Because like, like J.J. Reddick said, you are supposed to be paired with this guy. They brought in a guy to to maybe get you back, get paired up, and let's make a playoff push. But, I mean, you don't even reach out. That That is sad. Yeah, he, there are some members of the front office, especially David Griffin for the Pelicans, that isn't well-liked. So, I mean, maybe that has part to do with it, too, because Reddick said he's not a big – he doesn't really like Griffin either, which makes it even more kind of bad for Zion that, I mean, Reddick doesn't – has the same problems with the front office as anybody else does, but he's still blaming this on Zion. This is a very bad look for him, very, very bad look for him. And to round off the episode, we're going to talk about Kyrie Irving – he may soon become a full-time player. In the tweet, Sham said that, quote, New York City has a plan to phase out the vaccine mandate in the coming weeks, at which point Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving would be cleared for home games. End quote. This is great news if you're a Nets fan. Um, it looks bad for Harden because Harden would have waited a couple of weeks. I mean, this team would be having a much better outlook, but, I mean, that I, Philly team looks dangerous. So I, I, mean, really I mean, Harden leaving. That, I mean, I think the Nets will play better without Harden. But does this kind of, um, I mean, make the Drogic signing look worse? Because they brought him in to run the point guard yeah. without without Kyrie. Well, I mean, they brought him in on a minimum. So it's like low risk, high reward. I think that, I think that was a pretty good signing either way. Just for the depth. Absolutely. They had space. He's a, I mean, he started. He was a starter on that Miami Heat team with yeah. the bubble that made the finals. So I think either way, I still think it's a good signing. But currently, the Sixers are the three seed in the East. The Nets are eight. And if I really hope we get a 76ers Brooklyn Nets NBA I think final, it would be huge. NBA playoff series. I think it would be huge. Um, I think I think both of these teams benefited off of getting Harden off their team, um, so I, I I predict the Nets to start doing a lot better. Oh yeah, and I personally think that the Nets should run Simmons at center, using kind of like they use Blake Griffin out of pick and rolls, making just just playmaking, being able to read read where the best pass is, read the defense. I think that's where he would be suited best in this offense, and just have. A bunch of shooters around him, as and he's the center. I think that was that'd be the best way to run this offense. But we'll see what Steve Nash does. Um, but yeah, the big the big argument for or against this mask mandate was how in the world does it make sense for Kyrie Irving, the home player, he's not vaccinated, he gets he does he can't play, but in a way, player coming in that's not vaccinated can. That that was the big argument against it, um, and that's kind of what they're using as. Uh, a reason to get rid of this because, and plus the COVID in the NBA has been way down since what it was earlier in the year when we were seeing 10 day contracts left and right. But 
Um, Gavin, any final thoughts? I don't think so, man. I'm excited to, I mean, continue this NBA season. I'm excited to be back recording this episode um, in person. I think the quality is a lot better, and I think we can have a lot better episodes and hope you guys continue to tune in because, I mean, it's only going up from here. Yeah, we're going to hit hard on the content coming uh, coming out from now on. Uh, we're going to get back to our regular schedule hopefully next week. Uh, this will go up on the same day we're recording it, so it'll probably be up in just a few minutes. With that being said, guys, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. See you guys.